Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. Enjoy today's message. Happy Father's Day, everyone. I'm excited to share God's word with you today. And I'm going to read to you out of Matthew 6, verse 9. It says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven. I love that phrase. Our Father in heaven. Let's take a moment and let's pray. Father, thanks for your word today. I pray, Father, that you'd open all of our hearts as we hear from you today. I thank you for how good a father you are. I thank you that we can trust you today. And Lord, we just open up our hearts to hear what you have to say from your word. I thank you for the empowerment of your Holy Spirit, God, to share what's in your heart today. It's in the mighty name of Jesus that I pray. Amen. So today's message is called A Good Father. I just want to take a moment and I want to use this opportunity to honor our father in heaven. Y'all, we have a really good father in heaven. He is worthy of our worship. He is worthy of our adoration. He's worthy of our lives. And he cares about us so much. He is a good father. He is the standard. He's the perfect father, our father in heaven. And I want to take a few moments And again, honor him and honor who he is, because I think it's appropriate on Father's Day. And I'm going to share with you just some attributes from God's word about how amazing a father we have in heaven so that we can be thankful for him. So the first thing I want to share with you this morning is that our father in heaven gives the best guidance, the best advice. Even early on with Genesis in the first few chapters where God is interacting with Adam, he says, listen, you can eat of any of the trees of the garden. Just don't eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And of course, Adam took things and matters in his own hands and he did eat of that tree. But then again, in, in Romans, God says to us, listen, the wages of sin is death. You can hear that fatherly advice of trying to keep us from unnecessary suffering, trying to keep us from harming ourselves. And so he gives the best advice. And that's what a good dad does, right? It's going to give the great advice. You know, over the last few years, I've been... I've, Every once in a while, we'll get a phone call and it'll be from a young man who's uh, about to enter into like a really big moment in their life. And um, I remember once I got a text from a young man and he was saying, Pastor Mike, I just got accepted into this college and I'm going to get to play football, which I knew was this young man's dream. And as I'm talking on the phone and I'm thinking, oh, wow, they called me. I realized, oh, you know, this person, um, they don't have a dad to call right now. And so they're calling a a male authority figure. And I think, oh, God, you know, help me to impart something from you to this young man at such a pivotal time in their life. And as I would sit there and pray about it while we're on the phone or in a text, if you will, I say, God, what do you want to say? And without fail, the very first thing I feel like God wants me to say is I'm proud of you. Just to tell the young man, hey, I'm for you. I'm proud of you because everybody needs to hear that. And they need to hear it from somebody who cares. And then, you know, with this young man, I remember thinking, all right, God, what advice do you want me to give? Just maybe one or two things. And I remember first thing, make sure you put God first. And then the second thing was make sure you finish your education. 
Even more recently, I got a phone call from a young man who was enlisting in the military. Pastor Mike, I'm enlisting in the military and I'm really excited. And, and I remember again, I'm praying like, God, what do you want to say to this young man? What do you want to impart? First thing, I'm so proud of you. Just saying those words because everyone needs to hear it. And the next thing I remember saying, OK, two things, buddy, serve God and make sure you're good with your money. And I told him, be smart with your money and you'll always have money. Be done with your money. You'll never have money. So be smart with your money. And, um, I, you know, in those moments, it just makes me think about what are the things that God wants to say to us? And I think our father in heaven, he wants to say to all of us, first of all, I'm proud of you because he loves us and he created us. Right. And the second thing I think he wants to tell all of us is, hey, put me first because things always work out when you put God first. Another attribute that I love about our father in heaven is that he's not controlling. You know, Ephesians 6, 4 says it this way. It says, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. The fact is, our our father in heaven is just not a controlling micromanager. He'll tell us what he thinks and he'll share with through his word, his principles and the best ways to life and to following him. And yet in his wisdom, he allows us to make choices. And I think it's because he wants us to come to him willingly and he wants us to come to him with our hearts. Right. And I think the the story of the prodigal son, that that parable in scripture um, paints that picture so well. Right. Where there's a father. And of course, that father represents God. Right. He's got a son who just wants to run off and do his own thing, take his inheritance and do his own thing. Which is indicative of all of us, right? We want to run off and do our own thing. And it's this beautiful tension of how God will allow us to do those things. And he'll tell us the right thing to do, but he'll allow us to do the wrong thing. And when we make those choices and when we reap the consequences, he is so gracious to let us come back. The prodigal son ruins his life with his decision. And yet he makes this decision, okay, now I'm going to return to my father. And if you look into this story in in Luke chapter, I believe it's Luke chapter 15, you'll find that the father is just so gracious. He's just so loving and, and receives him and runs to him. And I love that about us. Not only does he receive, excuse me, I love that about our father in heaven. Not only does he receive us, but he doesn't shame us. And he's excited to see us. He's excited to receive us back. In fact, um, God gave his one and only son, right? Because he didn't want to shame us. But he wanted to be able to take that shame from us. John 3.16 says it this way. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but will have eternal life. For God didn't send his son in the world to condemn the world. But to save the world. The fact is our father in heaven makes a way for us to come home. And that way to come home is through Jesus. Because he wants us back and he wants to receive us back. But he's not controlling. He'll lay it out there for us. But he won't micromanage us because he wants us to come to him with our hearts. Another attribute I love about our father in heaven is that he's compassionate. It says it this way. 
in Psalm 103, verse 13. It says, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows that we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. See, God understands that we are he built us and he knows that we're built out of dust and that we have weaknesses and things like that. And he has compassion on, on us. I, I know over the years when my my kids were playing sports, whether it be soccer or basketball and that kind of thing, I'd observe how different parents would handle their children out on the soccer field or the basketball court. And I was always amazed at, you know, some parents would look at their kids on the field and they would out loud and in front of others criticize their kids and like give them a hard time from the sidelines and and, and get on their back. And it motivated their kids. But I looked at it and I go, why would you motivate your children that way? And I know, you know, for me, you know, and, and Elizabeth, we'd always find ways. Okay, how do we encourage our kids and how do we inspire our kids and how do we speak life to our kids? And I think it's a good picture of how does God interact with his children? Well, he doesn't look at a, at a, a child, a five-year-old playing ba- uh, soccer for the first time or basketball for the first time and chide them and ride them and give them a hard time. No, he understands their weakness and he encourages and he speaks life. And I just love that about our father. He's compassionate. It's not looking for criticism. He's looking to encourage us and to inspire us. And he knows our weaknesses and he loves us so perfectly. Our father in heaven also gives really good gifts. It says in James chapter one, verse 17, it says every good and perfect gift comes down from our father. I love that picture that the good stuff, the perfect stuff comes down from our father. Luke 11 verses 11 and uh, through 13 says it this way. Which of you of you, excuse me, which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead. Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? I love that. God gives us good gifts. And one of the greatest gifts that he gives us is his Holy Spirit, that we can ask for his spirit to be in our life. He gives us his Holy Spirit to be close to us and so that we will have his comfort and so that we can hear his voice better. And so that we can know what it is to have an intimate relationship with him and know that God is right there. And the reality is God wants to be close to us. He wants to be close to us even more than we want to be close to him. I remember um, the last few days I was walking on my porch one day, just pacing and praying. And it was one of these days we had recently where it was like perfect out. It was not too hot, but beautiful out. And it was a there was this cool breeze as I was walking and praying. And as this cool breeze hit me on this beautiful, like low 70s or high 60s day, I thought of that verse that, you know, he walks in the garden in the cool of the day. And uh, I, I heard it in my head and I thought, oh, you know, I was thinking about the Lord. And I, I, I knew it was like a verse from God when I heard that. Right. And I was like, that is so cool. I looked it up. And of course, it's in Genesis chapter three, where God is walking in the garden. Yet in the story, Adam and Eve are hiding 
And the reason that they're hiding is because they've sinned. They've eaten of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so they're shamed and they're hiding from their father, right? And I'm thinking about that and I'm like, you know, God, I'm hearing that verse this morning and I'm thinking, how differently would it have been if they would have not been in that predicament and not and not had that shame and they would have just come to you? How different would that interaction be that you're walking in the garden in the cool of the day and there they are with you? And I remember as I was thinking about that and I was praying and I was talking to the Lord about that, that phrase and that verse. I just felt like the Lord was encouraging me, like, just be quiet. Just, you know, just just be with me and just be quiet. And so I'm sitting on my porch. I thought about that verse and I'm just, you know, spending time with my father in heaven, if you will. Right. And then I hear this sound. And I'm like, it was like a sound I wasn't used to hearing on my front porch. And I hear lots of sound, cars going by, tons of birds and squirrels. But I heard this sound and it was coming from a bush and it didn't sound like something I recognized. So I got up and I looked over the railing and y'all, there was a snake right in the bush. And I'm a little freaked out at the moment because I'm thinking, okay, I've just thought about this verse about walking in the cool of the day and how God is with us. And I'm thinking about how Adam and Eve have fallen and the serpent and all of that. Now, I don't know about you. Some of y'all are nice to snakes. I have to admit, I'm not a big snake fan. Uh, my wife is certainly not a big snake, snake fan. So um, without a lot of detail, I did dispatch the snake immediately and take care of it. And um, I was sitting there and I was thinking about how, you know, God brings warning in our lives and God gives direction in our lives. And even that morning, as I was thinking about that verse and sitting quietly, I wouldn't have heard the thing that I was supposed to hear had I not just been kind of sitting, being quiet with my father that morning. And um, I just remember thinking, you know, God, you were looking out for me. Like you, you knew I wouldn't want that there and that I would want to get rid of it. And, you know, to me, it was a bit of a prophetic picture of, you know, when we're close to God and when we're listening to God and we're we're quiet before him and, and listening for him. He can he can warn us of some things that are around us that we might not even know of because his desire is that he wants to protect us and he wants to take care of us and he wants us to to uh, um uh, to know what it is to have his hand on our lives. And I, I just remember being kind of thankful for that little interaction that morning and thinking it was so cool. But y'all, I want to tell you this morning, our father in heaven wants to be close to us. And he wants to be close to us more than we even want to be close to him. Going back to, you know, when I was sharing the analogy of, you know, the kids on the soccer field and how sometimes a parent can be really critical and be tearing down their child. The reality is there are times in our lives where in the back of our mind, we're so hard on ourselves that that voice of criticism is so loud. And I I just want to tell you, that's not your father's voice. That's not how he's leading you to repentance. It's not how he's leading you to himself is by criticizing you. He will tell you plainly what's good for you and what's not good for you. He'll make it clear, but he's not going to exasperate you. As a matter of fact, he gives us more freedom than most of us deserve for sure. But it's his kindness that leads us to repentance. And it's his love, this everlasting love that he has for us. It talks about in Jeremiah 31 is with this everlasting love that he has drawn us with his loving kindness, with who he is. 
So today on Father's Day, I just want to I want to give you this reminder as well as a way of us just honoring God, who's a good father on Father's Day. So our father in heaven, he gives the best advice. He gives us the best um, guidance. Our father in heaven, he's not controlling He gives us a free will. Um, Our father in heaven is compassionate and gracious. He understands our weakness and he understands us that we are formed from dust and that we need his help. And our father in heaven gives us good gifts, gives us the gift of salvation when we receive him in our lives. He gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit in our lives. He is so generous with us and he wants to be close to us even more than we want to be close to him. So I want to encourage you on this Father's Day to just take a moment and to honor your father in heaven, the perfect father. And if you're listening today and you realize I I need to turn my life over to God, I need to turn to him. I just want to encourage you. There's no day like today to put your life into God's hands. He's always there, always waiting, always ready to restore you and to draw you and to help you and to be in your life. He's just asking you to take your life out of your hands, to put your trust in him and and put your life into his hands. There is no decision like the decision to follow after God. And I can guarantee you that he wants you. He desires you. He made you and that he wants to be close to you even more than you want to be close to him. If that's you today, I just encourage you to say that prayer and just say, God, come into my life. I give you rule over my life. Forgive me of my sins. I thank you for what Jesus has done on the cross for me. And I ask you, would you come into my life? Forgive my sins. I want to follow after you. He's such a good God, such a good father. I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to close in prayer. We're just going to honor our father in heaven today. Father, we love you today and we worship you and we thank you, God, for your great love for us. We thank you that you're a good and a perfect father and we honor you today. God, you are the standard. You are the best father. So good. So great. And we thank you for who you are. And we just say we love you and honor you today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, I want to thank you today for listening. And if you've made a decision to follow after God, and uh, we would love to hear from you. Would you go to victorychristian.church and click on Next Steps? We'd love to talk with you further and help you on this journey. There's nothing like following after God. Have a great day. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, just go to victorychristian.church. Have a great day.